the way golf was taught to me is you can be competitive, but you, you're supposed to have a lot of fun. You're supposed to be doing a little cha-cha here and there when you hit it good. You can scream, you can dance, you can be vibrant. And players like TT and Lee, they have shown us that you can be just that on the golf course. Back at it again, Dougie Fresh right here. Birdie's Not BS special guest today, Elsa Diaz, girl. What's up? How you doing? Hello, hello. Doing well. How about yourself? I can't complain. Just trying to, you know, just maintain, trying to play as well as you do. I can't always make it happen, but I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I'm going to need to like, I'm going to send you some swing videos so you can tell me like, you know, what you see and give me some feedback, you know. Hey, as long as you're out there, you are, you know, you're doing good. As long as you're trying, as long as you're playing golf, you're living right. I appreciate it. I'm trying. I'm trying. My, my, my son doesn't let me get out like I want to or as much as I need for my fix. Like I've said in different conversations, even with you last time, hey, golf is the best drug I've ever taken. So I need my fix. Otherwise, I start to itch and scratch. I look like Tyrone Biggums out there. I'm like, uh. But, uh, but no, here we go. Birdie's not BS. I got an interesting topic for you this week. And, you know, we answer the question, most popular questions in golf this week. I want to ask Elsa, do you feel comfortable being you in the game of golf? Now, very interesting topic, kind of a loaded question. All right. I see you looking at me like, the hell you talking about? I got you. <laughs> right. In this game, being people from diverse backgrounds, you know, traditionally, we haven't always been welcome. So what I want to ask and talk about this time is just how do you feel as it relates to who you are and how you go about your day when you're on the golf course? I, to answer your question, I do feel comfortable being who I am when I'm on the golf course, especially because as a Latin American, we have had some great players come through this game and kind of pave a path for us. We got Lee Trevino, we got the great Chichi Rodriguez, the Nancy Lopez, Lorena Ochoa. I mean, these people have just shown us how, who you can be, how you, you can become a major champion. You can become, you can win eight PGA tour, um, you know, titles like TT did, and you can just be who you are. You go, I, the way golf was taught to me is, uh, you can be competitive, but you, you're supposed to have a lot of fun. You're supposed to be doing a little cha-cha here and there. When you hit it good, you can scream, you can dance, you can be vibrant and players like TT and Lee, they, have shown us that you can be just that on the golf course and you can also be an extremely good player like Lorena. So, um, I think thanks to these players, we have been, you know, I can be who, who I, you know, who I want to be and who I feel like I can be. Um, and also, you know, there, we, we've gotten a lot of good Latin Mexican players on the women's tour. And I have always enjoyed my ability to be able to go play with my American friends Hello, puedo ir a hablar español con my Latin friends. Yeah. And everybody knows that I'm just the player that can go back and forth and I'll be, you know, I'll dance a little bit and I can joke and um, I like to have a lot of fun. And um, like I said, thanks to these great players, I feel like I, you know, we can do that. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I'm going to ask this out of this place of ignorance. Forgive me. I don't care. I'm just going to say it. Use the expression Latino. Now, what is the difference for those that don't know, including myself, just let it out there. What is the difference for people that identify as Latino versus people that identify as Hispanic? Um, that's a good question. So the difference lies that a Hispanic is from a Spanish speaking country. 
And a Latin is from uh, a country that is from Latin America over here. So that is where the difference lies. All right. So no, you can sense. be Hispanic and Latin. I wanted to ask because... Mm-hmm. So... Do you identify more to Hispanic or Latina? Like, how do you identify with your cultural background? Or American? Could be just American. I don't know. Just ask a question. I would see, I usually see myself as Latin American because when I go to Mexico, I feel very much American. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm missing something that my cousins in Mexico have that I don't quite have. But then when I'm over here, I'm Latina. I can speak Spanish. I'm fluent. Um, so Latin American, I think, fits both of them, both of them very well. Yeah, see, I, I feel like even though, you know, from a Spanish-speaking country uh, with Latin American roots being from Mexico, do you ever feel that you are caught in, like, this duality between, like, American, Latin, American, Mexican like, do you ever feel like you have to kind of choose a lane uh, within those two dualities? When I was younger, I did feel like I I had to choose between both of them. But the older I get, the more I realize it really doesn't matter. I don't really have to choose, you know, be, you know, because I think if I was choosing, it'd be for people around me. And I do like the fact that Spanish was taught to me first. And then English was talked to me second. And now a little, a little bit more English than I know Spanish. I can read and write in English a lot faster, but I can speak fluent Spanish. So you can be whoever you want to be. And I like being able to go back and forth between them. And I tell you, I, you can't help it. If I, let me tell you a story. I went to yeah. Mexico and I was buying something. And when I speak Spanish, I don't have an American accent. I look like I live I look like, and I speak like I, I'm in Mexico. And the lady was asking me these like very hard questions. And I, it, it was way above the Spanish that I know, but to a person who lives in Mexico, it, you know, it, there would have been easy questions. And I literally had to tell the lady, I was, it was the very first time in my life that I had to tell the lady, I'm American. Like, so Americana, yo no entiendo español. Like, I don't understand Spanish. <laughs> Cause she was looking at me like I was a, like, I was an idiot. I, I live in Texas, you know, Joe, it was, it was a mess. And I, I had never ever felt like in my life I had to tell somebody I'm American while being Mexican and speaking Spanish. But, um, that was the very first time where I was kind of like, where, you know, that taught me, Hey, I I'm both. I'm, I really am both. No, I get that because like, I feel coming from my background as black man, you know, there are instances that golf kind of puts you in where sometimes I don't feel like I can be a hundred percent like for lack of better terms, black. I feel like I have to tone it down a little bit, turn it down. Like I'm turning the music down. Like before I go through the, the country club gate, right. You turn the music down. So you don't hear bumping coming through the gate. That's just me. I don't know if you do that. I do that. But I feel that given the past and the, and race relations in golf, you know, we do get caught, we black people, we do get caught trying to turn down ourselves. So that's kind of why I wanted to ask you those questions to feel like if you ever like feel like you have to turn down 
a side of you to be more palatable to the people and the patrons of golf. Yes, and that's kind of why I started with mentioning Chichi Rodriguez and Lee Trevino because I think they they showed that part. You know, I've oh, I know that as at least for me as a Hispanic, I'm loud. We like to joke. Um, and sometimes when you are out there, you feel like you have to, but then you remember that Lee Trevino and Chichi Rodriguez, they're laughing, they're cracking jokes. I think I saw a video of Chichi Rodriguez just turning to the crowd and going, salud. And then you tell yourself, why am I toning it down? You know, these, these people were doing it, you know, in the biggest stages of golf. So I don't see why I would have to, but, um, I think that be- because I have these role models, it helps. But you know, you do eventually catch yourself kind of like going going into into the ways of everybody. But you know, I did have a really good friend when I was starting to become a professional. Well, I was going to become a professional golfer. He told me he was like, "Also, oh, you know what? My biggest advice for you would be that don't hang out too much with these miniature players because it's very easy to get caught up in like there's no money." You know, the course isn't in great shape. The traveling is yeah. a lot. He's like, just watch out for 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 people just becoming one, you know? So um, I try to, you know, I you know, kind of stick to myself and make me happy to listen to Daddy Yankee and dance along after I hit a good shot. So I'm just going to keep doing that. <laughs> Yeah, if I, if I see you hit a shot, I'm going to be like, look at Basso, I would literally saying. look back jam. and I, I would actually love somebody to kind of snap me out of the serious, not out of it and just kind of, hey, está bien. You know, I love having my mom watch. My mom will always say, buen tiro. And it just, you know, it feels like home. Uh, I love that. But you've talked about Lee Trevino and Chichi Rodriguez, even Lorena Ochoa. I want to ask, when you were growing up, you and your sister both, maybe uh, y'all had different kind of role models. Who did you look up to? Um you know, regardless of, of ethnicity, where they're from, like what players did you really say, you know what, I can be like that? I think Lorraine Ochoa was definitely one that um, was playing very well when I was kind of starting to play golf. And she was such a grounded person. And I remember I skipped school to go meet her at a golf clinic. And I was just in awe with her presence and how calm she could be. And you hear great stories about Lorena that mm-hmm. she always treated people very kindly, but she was going to kick your butt. And I love that about her. Yeah. And, you know, being in a sport where there wasn't that many Latin women golfers for her to do what she did was always very impressive. And Lorena Choa was always a name that was, you know, that was roaming around, um, in, in my household. So I really, I, I, you know, I looked up to her a lot and then I saw her at waste management cause she played in the pro-am, um, in 2020. And I, I went up to her and I told yeah, her, last year. yes, I told her, I was like, Hey, I skipped school to go, <laughs> to go meet you. And she was super nice. She was like, you did. Oh, thank you so much. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was, she was definitely one of, one of my idols growing That's up. That's awesome. I feel like Lorena was, is gangster. I'm be honest. Like a lot of people don't associate Lorena Ochoa with being gangster because she she said I'm done at the top. I love that. Ain't that like, something? How gangster is that? Like you know what? I'm the best. I'm done. <laughs> like I'm I'm out of here, baby. I got like, other things to do. <laughs> this is way too easy. I'm gonna go do something else. 
No, but I, I, you know, honestly, from 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 my standpoint, I don't think Lorena Ochoa gets the credit she deserves for the impact that she's had on so many Latinos, people that identify um, as Hispanics. Either way, in this 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 point, I'm trying to make, I don't think. Americans understand how big she is everywhere in the world. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, and again, I think sometimes I will just look up little videos or look up how she won, and I'm always impressed. I'm like, look, she did that. And like you said, just to leave when you're when you're on top, on takes, top. It takes a lot of just, courage. And I'm out of here. Yeah. You, I, I'm sorry. Every time I think about Lorena, I just I see her doing this to people. Like, <laughs> I'm not just saying. Like, She's always so calm. You can't beat me, so I'm out. Like, <laughs> well, look, let me ask you this, because you have traveled, you know, quite extensively, and you've played golf all over the world. When you think of the courses that, that you really enjoyed, you know, in in the Latin countries, what are some that stand out? Like, if, if you could tell people, hey, y'all need to go down here and play these courses, where would you tell them to go? Well, to tell you the truth, I haven't played a lot of golf in – Mexico. I have played one course and it's called El Campes de Chihuahua. And that is the course that my grandfather grew up playing in. My, I lived in Mexico for a couple of years. So my parents had us over here and then my mom wanted us to know the culture and live in the culture. So we moved down there for a couple of years and my parents went to this um, club, this country club, and my dad played a lot of golf there. And I love playing golf there. Is the one course that I've played because you people are yelling and screaming and everybody's got the music, uh, you know, the highest volume it could possibly go. And <laughs> I love that energy. Just people who are just happy to be there. You can just feel the life on that course. And you can also hear all the bets going on. And I really enjoy that atmosphere. And maybe it's just because I feel like I'm back home. You know, and and, and those yeah, are it's it's my gente, it's my people. But yeah. I I I really enjoy the life of Mexico, and when you when you feel like you're in it, you know, you that you're not a tourist. Well, I'll say like when I was in Mexico, I, it's hard for me to not look like a tourist in Mexico. I just start <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> but let me tell you though, I, and I want to get this out. Finally, I can have this conversation with somebody that should, might may know what I'm talking about. What I don't understand about Mexican golf, specifically Mexican golf, is the so let me before I even say all that, I had the opportunity to go spend some time with Marty Bell's family getting ready for Q school in Bogota. I went down to Aguascalientes. I was there for six weeks getting ready, played the Campe Straight Aguascaliente. And um, what I never understood is like after like the fifth hole at this golf course, there's like this halfway house for lack of better terms and you've played five holes of golf and then everybody breaks <laughs> for breakfast or lunch it's like it play stops and i mean like stops for like 45 minutes like yes. and everybody that plays is doing the same thing this i mean i'm telling you this this little halfway house was built out like a full restaurant we're out there having food like the best food but i'm like my first few days there i was kind of like um are we gonna play golf? <laughs> like, what's up with this? It's like you had a you played five holes and you had intermission, and then once you get back to like at that particular golf course, once you get back to like sixteen or seventeen, you do the same damn thing again. It's like <laughs> so a round of golf is supposed to be four hours, four and a half hours. Shit took seven mm -hmm. hours 
And people yeah. was chilling. I mean, I, I got I got chips and salsa in the bag. You know, I got cerveza. I'm over here doing my thing. So I don't know if you have this experience, but if you know anything about it, what the hell? It's just the culture, you know. It's the it's it's more a little bit more of a hangout culture. It's it's hanging out with your friends, and there's something called a cafecito. You go and have coffee with your friend but you know it's not going to be an hour it's three or four hours life is a little bit slower in mexico um i do say i know that my dad never would just keep playing you know my my dad would you know i got places to be i gotta practice gotta go to the range so my dad we wouldn't really stop that much when we were there but that's why i like going to mexico because it just reminds you of taking you know it's important to take life a little slower sometimes and just enjoy the who, who you're with well, I got one more question for you before we move on to the technical topic of today's episode. If you and your homies, you're going to go anywhere in the world to play some G, where are you going to go? I got to know this right quick before we set it up. Where, where are we going? Well, hopefully we're going to an LPGA tournament that I'm playing in and I'm just giving people like VIP passes and you guys can drink mm. and golf all day and hopefully we see my name you know, I top of the leaderboard, but I will say since King Smill is the very first tournament that I played as a professional golfer, I would love to have, you know, to go back to that tournament and have all my friends come. It's a great town. Virginia is where I spent four years of, of my, um, of my, you know, of, of my career in college, but old town Williamsburg. Okay. I get you one of them white wigs, you know what I'm saying? So you can go in there and do the, I think in tournament, ter- tournament, tournament, like I'm thinking golf, you know, so I'm thinking like, the golf I don't, in I, I, competitive golf, you know, so like I said, I'd rich that, you know, I'm leading the tournament and we're all having a really good time. That's, that's, that's where my mind is, but that's because I'm a competitive golfer, but I would say Pebble Beach, but I freeze at Pebble. So that's why I went to the to the other co- coast. Pinehurst, I mean, it, depending on, you know, if you love golf and you want to be around golf all the time. Um, you know, that's the place Pinehurst to be, is a hundred percent golf. Yeah. Pinehurst 100%. is a thousand percent. You, they got golf clubs over your bed in the hotel. Like it, you don't, it and that, that's Disney. That's Disney to me, you know, but like I said, my, I have some friends that aren't golfers. So I don't know if they would love it there. It just, it just kind of depends, but I'm not much into the party scene. I'm into the golf scene. I'm into getting better scene. So that's like, you know, I want to be, I want to be leading an LPGA tournament. That's what I want to be. That's fun for me. It's on the way. It's on the way. So look, it is time to get technical. You know, we get technical here on Birdies Not BS where we kind of turn up the kind of golf instruction talk up just a touch. I want to ask you a couple questions. Number one, what are you and your father working on swing-wise? And can you put it in a way that our listeners out there may be able to understand and take something away from what you're working on? I would say in the simplest of terms, staying centered. When I was younger... I relied a lot on my athleticism to hit it well. And I got into the bad habit of swaying over and I sway and then I got to sway back. And that will always bring um, some nasty shots, um, way left or way right. And I'm trying to just stay a little bit more centered and rotate, um, you know, with my center staying right in the middle and kind of rotating the parts around me rather than, you know, moving away from the ball and coming back. You would, you would think that it's a really easy fix, but it's a, a struggle to think quite a bit. No, I get, I get it. And I like, I like that. 
Well, the thing about what I like about that drill is because if you sway, the bottom of your arc goes backwards on the takeaway where the bottom is, where the club wants to come back through the ball. And if you go back forward, now you move that bottom of the arc way in front of the ball. Okay. Mm -hmm. So by staying centered, you're really keeping the low point of the golf swing in the same spot. Like in theory, right? That might be an easy, simple way to say it. That's the simplest way. I like it. Turn back, turn through. We he always says the golf swing is equal and opposite. So what you're doing with your front side, you're doing with your back side. What you're doing with your left side, you're doing the opposite of on your right side. Um, so that's uh, that's getting a little bit more technical with it. But my dad and I talk about the right side a lot. And then we talk about the left side. And sometimes I tend to think about the right side. So that's why I start swaying back and forth because I'm thinking about both parts. But, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, you got to center it and work both ways, equal and opposite. No, I, I think that's fantastic. That's That's really good advice. Now, the last thing I want to ask you, and I love just picking people's brain, favorite putting drill. Yes, you've been putting all day or working on your game. What's the one drill you cannot leave the practice green without doing? I definitely like the, the 30, 30, 40, 50 feet. And um, you lag them. Now, it depends on everybody, but I usually try to do 10 balls. Um 10 balls from 30, 10 balls from 40, 10 balls from 58, because I just think that lag putting is very important. If you can leave it inside five feet and make your five footer and you got your par. So that's the thrill that I really like, but going on the, um, you know, different corners of the green and just putting to, um, to a hole and really just working on the feel because at the end of the day, putting, you just got to feel it. You just got to get it close. And you know, if you're tapping in for par from a lag putt, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're making big moves there. If, if I may, I think lag putting is probably one of the f pieces of putting that gets extremely overlooked in instruction. Think so. And I'm excited to hear you say that because I, honestly, I thought you were going to be like clock drill, north, south, east, west, ten tees around the thing. Definitely caught me off guard with the response, but I do feel like lag putting is underserved and damn sure needed. E, God. That just makes me excited. Sorry, I get I get hype about golf. Don't, get, don't <laughs> judge me. But hey, I can't thank you enough coming in here. Birdie's not BS. Absolutely holding it down. Please tell the people how they can find you on them socials. They can find me on Instagram as Elsa Diaz, three underscores. Everything else was taken. And then just Elsa Diaz <laughs> underscore on Twitter. On Facebook, I'm under Elsa Diaz. And I try to post as much as I can about what it's like to be a golfer on the tour. So if you've ever wondered what it's like to be a mini tour golfer and how we have fun on the road, um, make sure to check it out. Cause I try to make it fun for everybody. Well, look, Elsa Diaz, thank you for coming in here. Birdie's not BS shutting it down. Everybody knows how to get a hold of us. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Birdie's not BS or birdies, not BS.com. Download this, share it, send it out to your people. Mama, cousin, auntie, them need to hear what we talk about right here. E, I appreciate it. You know what? I hope to see you soon, girl. Thank you very much. <laughs>